Hello, friends. Today, we will be talking with the matriarch herself, my granny. And Aunt Shay chimes in, too. Hi, friends. This is Bethany Jennings, and you're listening to We Should Talk. It's a podcast where we talk about anything and everything to encourage, equip, and empower you to be a decent human. Let's talk. Okie doke, we are back, and as promised, today we were going to talk with my granny and my Aunt Shay. Um, this is my mom's mom. Her name is Barbara Harris, uh, and her husband's name uh, is Marion Harris. He passed uh, actually on my birthday when I was 17. Um, so he has been gone for a little while now, but Granny is still with us, and she is a full 92. I think she's going to be 92 in January. Um, she has lived a very, very full life, and she's still so full of wisdom. Um, I, I hadn't visited my granny in a long time, and my parents were going to be in the area for some stuff that they were taking care of, and I just decided literally the day they were leaving, I talked to my husband and I prayed about it and I was like, babe, I just feel like I need to go. So me and the boys loaded up uh, in the truck with mom and dad and I went to my granny's house and I introduced granny to Onyx and to Silas. Well, she already knew Onyx. I didn't introduce her to Onyx. I introduced her to Silas, but she got to see Onyx too. And she would love to have an Onyx there. He's always a lot of fun. He just doted over and would rub her hand and rub her leg when she had to recline her up. And he gave her the biggest hug by and even give her a kiss. Oh my God. Rip my heart out. Anyways. So I talked to granny and aunt Shay and it's, um, I think as most of the, <laughs> As most of these quality conversations will be this season, um, it is not very professional sounding. It's, um, uh, I just hit the record button while we were talking, you know, uh, and she, uh, she's sitting in a recliner. There's like some, a table between us and I'm sitting on the couch and I have a baby in my arms and Aunt Shay is taking care of something in the kitchen. I don't even know what she was doing. She's taking care of something in the kitchen. She chimes in. and So it doesn't sound very professional, but it should certainly sound authentic because we just hit the record button and started talking. But I, I, um, I didn't put the entire conversation on one episode. It, we actually talked for a very long time. Uh, so I split it up into two episodes, but I don't really know. Like, I just tried to find a middle point to stop it, like a good point to stop it. But I don't know for sure, for sure what the last thing was that we said in this, in this episode. And we paused it and I had to go get kids. And anyways, I appreciate you guys not stressing about 
the lack of professional sound and behavior, I guess, on this podcast. Matter of fact, it doesn't just not bother you guys. Some of you actually prefer it. Like, I've had people message me and say, I just love that you just take care of Onyx in the middle of your episodes. It's not, like, I'm not doing it to prove a point, friends. I just, I don't have time to edit it out. I don't have time to go through and, like, (laughs) I just don't have time to go through and edit it. So, um, what you're about to hear is me talking to my granny, who is a wonderful person. She, She doesn't hear very well anymore. So you may hear me ask a question a few times. Um, you, you may hear her answer a question that I didn't actually ask, but that's okay. We, we, uh, we, we tried. She was a little bit away from me, so she couldn't hear everything I was saying. Um, what all do we talk about? We talk about, uh, raising kids in ministry. We talk about, um, we talk about her story of how she, came to Christ and, you know, how her and Papa got saved and some stories from their ministry life. Uh, We talk about a little bit of family history. There's probably a lot of bit of family history in here. Um, So if if you get to a part and you're like, I don't care about their family and whose aunts and uncles, and you can just skip it if you want to. But there's so many like little nuggets of stuff all through the conversation that I I didn't want to edit any of it out, if that makes any sense. Not that I would have had time. But, um, so this is part one of quality conversation with Granny and Aunt Shay. I hope you enjoy it. I was 26 years old the day I was baptized on a Sunday morning. And uh, I went not knowing what my husband was going to do. And he knew nothing about Pentecostal way. Uh, And I knew that I was a sinner. Uh, He had no knowledge of the Word of God at all. Which is crazy since he ended up being such a good Bible teacher. Yes. Before it was all over with, he loved the Word of God. He eat it. <laughs> I gotta go grab Silas. Just keep talking. He he'd sit at the table with his Bible and his Cruise Concordance, and he kept always learning. I learning something new to him, and he was just hungry for the word. And eventually, after he he became he got baptized that same morning I did. Yeah. And uh, it was a while before we got the Holy Ghost. Oh, so you were baptized first and then got the Holy Ghost. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, we lived for God with all that we had. We had three little girls. And we kept them in church. We, we was faithful from the time that we started. We didn't him all around with God. Right. We started and we was faithful. And he he just he Stop them. Stop them. Shh, shh, shh. 
He loved the Word of God. He loved the church. Loved the people. Loved our pastor. And your, well, you came in at Calvary Tabernacle, right? So right. your pastor was... Right. Uh, brother... Uh, it was Calvary Tabernacle. Sunday morning, we got baptized. Brother Urshan was our pastor for all the years uh, that... The rest of the years that he lived. Um, I really don't know how long that was. I've never figured right. it out. How long did, were you guys there before? Because Papa ended up receiving the call to preach. Yes. He he was called to preach. I don't know how many years. It was soon after we were baptized. Right. Because he got into the Word, was hungry for the Word, loved it, and God seen that in his heart. And God began to deal with him about the ministry. And he started out teaching Sunday school, and he loved that. Like he taught little kids Sunday school? Or he taught like an adult class, youth class? No, he taught, he taught children. Wow, I didn't know that. And at Calvary Tabernacle. And uh, the boys especially loved him. <laughs> I bet they did. <clears throat> but we had a good life. Had those three little girls wound up with five. <laughs> we're, we're recording Granny right now. So she's telling us about you three little girls. Aunt Shay's here now, friends. And we was we was rather poor. We didn't have hardly church clothes. I, um, my sister bought uh, my husband a brand new suit for him to go to church, and I borrowed her dress. Aunt Frida, because I wasn't, uh, I didn't have church clothes, and he didn't either. Because we just never wore church scores. So we never had nothing but just day, daytime stuff, sporty stuff. and Yeah. And then you guys ended up pastoring. What yes. was the first place you pastored? Scottsburg, Indiana. Scottsburg. That's where all the most of the stories yes. come from. But yeah. I never... Well, I was we never restored that. Oh, no, Berea. Berea was one with lots of stories. Yeah. We restored the church in, in Scottsburg. It had gone down. There was one person left that was still hanging on. It's okay. You're safe. And Dad was we in started Indiana for three months for a summer. We started teaching. I, Jim and Lana uh, came and helped us. Jimmy preached. And he, he sang, and she sang, played the piano, and helped us. In Scottsburg? The Scottsburg Church. And then were they with you guys in Berea, too? No. We was in Berea many, later, years Way later. later. Yeah. But my, when I was a little girl, and, I, like, we had, like, my memories of Christmas were really in Blotcher Holler, which is Scottsburg, right? No. Where's that at? It's close to Scottsburg. Yeah. Scottsburg. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Scottsburg. Was thinking, it was in Scottsburg. I was thinking about yes. Fort. That's, that's after uh, 
right years later that he so y'all started in three months in Acton, then you went to Scottsburg and helped rebuild that church and do it up. He yeah. pastored for six months up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yeah, we did. Clintonville, where your dad preached. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure there are beautiful parts of Wisconsin. But he, gorgeous. He loved the Word. He's not in your mind. And loved teaching the Word. Yeah. You want your backpack? Puppy. I'll get it for you. Here's your puppy. Um, and then years later, you guys ended up back in Scottsburg. Ended up back in uh, a little town outside of, of uh, Scottsburg. Blotcher. Oh, showing Granny your backpack. I remember, yeah, like my little kid memories of Christmas are Blotcher Hall. When everybody came and yeah. we all piled up in rooms and there was mattresses from one wall to the next yeah. and there we was a bird bath out kids. back. Always had the kids home for Christmas. And dad would let us drive down the really long driveway. And I always thought it was so cool that my granny's house really was over the river and through the woods. And woods yeah. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Do you remember, in Blotchard, do you remember that time that I <coughs> almost cut Haley's finger off? Hold on. I got Haley's what? That time I almost cut Haley's finger off? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. You remember? Yeah, you done that with a hatchet. I did. That I think that was like the first miracle I ever saw in person. I don't because even I don't well, because you guys had all gone to general conference. All the sisters, yeah, all your daughters, all your son-in-laws, they had all gone to general conference. I think some of the older kids had gone too. But as younger kids, we stayed at Granny and Papa's house. Yeah. Can you imagine that happening now? <clears throat> and it was me, Nathaniel, Ben, Heather, Heidi, Haley. Well, I don't know if Heather was there. Maybe. I know for sure that Haley, that Haley was there. She probably and pr probably Joni. Think yeah. Maybe Joan. I don't know if they went to a conference, but I think they, you know, the kids just came up to be with us. Anyways, we were out cutting logs because we were down where the river, quote unquote, was. It was really just a stream <laughs> when it rained. Yeah. Um, and we were just had hatchets. I'm not really sure where we found them. I don't think you knew we had them. Probably not. But you had got them out of the shed. Probably, yeah. And for the record, I was handed a hatchet. I didn't go looking for them. They gave me one. <laughs> and we were cutting wood. We were playing, I don't know, probably Little House on the Prairie, knowing yeah. Haley. Or we were playing Cowboys or something. And we were chopping wood. Well, she wanted to change the game. And she put her hand down and said, wait. And I was mid-swing. And she chopped her finger. Her ring finger. She still has a scar. Her ring yeah. finger on her left hand. Yeah. And we ran up to the house. And I was like, Granny, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Haley. I was just crying, crying, crying. And you were like, it's okay, but go in my room. Let me take care of this. I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and so Haley was sitting like, you had the toilet seat uh, lid down, and she was sitting on the toilet, and you were washing it off. And I remember I watched you. You put your hand over, and you're like, oh, in Jesus' name. Like, when I say it was dangling from the first knuckle, like there was, uh, her finger's about to fall off. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, and Granny just prayed over it, and then it, when it was bleeding and there was a cut, but it wasn't, like, it was literally hanging by a string at first. Yeah. But, like, it just, the Lord just healed it on the spot. 
Yeah. And she put a little salve and band-aid on it and that was I I just sitting here thinking about it. I really think that's the first miracle I ever saw in person. Wow. Was Granny praying for Haley's finger that I chopped off. <laughs> but yeah, Haley Haley's being a little bossy but down under the big tree at the creek. Yep. Yep, yep. Chopping, we were chopping the, wood. There was a log laying down. Yep. And you all was down there with the hatchet which you had no business with. I know. We got ourselves into some pickles back in the day. And probably a saw and Lord knows thinking. what it was it was mean a thing on Haley. I don't think the other kids were out there with us. I think they were somewhere else playing. And that's the house that Ben found a did you find like a a rifle or something way back in the woods? I never went way back in the woods behind the house, but Ben went exploring with Heidi. Yeah. And of course, they were always exploring. Yeah. And he found a, like an old rifle or something back there. I don't remember that. Uh, I'll have to get him to remind me. But it had like engraving and stuff on it. Oh, my. Yep. Those are good memories. That's the house that I remember Papa saying... You know, my feet are awful dry. <laughs> said, oh, are they? And I'd rub his feet. Yeah, I'd rub his feet. And he'd be like, well, when Haley does it, she'll even use Q-tips on my toes. <laughs> it's like, I think he was just trying to see what oh, all I would do. He never outright asked for anything. Papa never did. No. He'd hint around with you all. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Coffee sure tastes good right now. Yeah. Or, hmm. I wonder if you know how to fry an egg. <laughs> He's the reason I know how to fry good eggs without breaking the yolk. Really? It's his, oh, yes. When you guys came down, I was still in high school. And I'd, I'd come in the house and I'd kick off my shoes. Oh, my goodness. He used to get so mad at me. Because I'd just kick off my shoes wherever in the house. And then he'd run over them with his scooter and get stuck. But I, I remember he was saying, he'd say, no, that's, no, that one won't work. You busted it. I'll eat this one, but you better make me another one. <laughs> Try again. And so I worked at it, worked at it, and I finally got it. Then you guys were, you were visiting for something, I don't know. He and, uh, was a mess. Was, I remember him, we went to a, a napkin. No, the dog is laying down. Pumpkin. That's, the dog's laying down. Oh, the doggy's laying down. The doggy's just laying down. You your milk? No. No, okay. He needs to pick up these crackers on the floor. He just oh, goodness. You put crackers them. on the floor? Can you pick up the crackers, please? Sorry, friends. We're momming as we talk. Oh, I'd love to hold you. Um, oh, good burps. Yes, he was the master at hinting. And he always had to have breakfast. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter if he hadn't eaten in the morning time and it was already lunchtime. He had to have breakfast first. <laughs> yeah. That's Atlanta. To the is, is that Atlanta? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he had to have breakfast. We went to, um, we went to a Mexican restaurant, I think the last time that he was in Silsby before he passed away. There's nothing in this, honey. Then, then, with this, this. You need, oh, I see what you mean. You need a wet wipe for your color book. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I didn't understand what you meant before. 
There you go. I'm sorry. Mommy's working on it. He takes his wet wipe and wipes the pages on his watercolor book. And it'll get turn colors for him. Anyway, we went to a Mexican restaurant with Papa. The last time he was in Silsby before he passed away. I think it was the last time. I think it was Elena's or something like that. And he kept asking, he's like, do y'all have any eggs? Do you, do you guys have any eggs? And they were like, no, sir, we don't have eggs here. Do you have any biscuits? No, we don't serve biscuits here. He got so frustrated. It was a pretty authentic restaurant. So it was a little bit of a language barrier. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I just want an Eggo. Yeah. Oh, Eggos. El Hino Yeah, that is what he said. I wanted to crawl under the table. He's yeah. like, El Hino Eggo? I was like, Oh, oh my word! That's that's not helping. He ordered that in Texas. He did. He was trying real hard. But you want to know what's crazy? I went to a Mexican restaurant out in West Texas. I think when Dad was doing Texaco, whatever. Uh, I think it was youth camp, and they have like layered enchiladas out there, and they put an egg on top of the enchiladas, oh. like a runny yolk egg, and it's actually really good. Like, oh, it yeah. makes it real rich. Yeah. Oh, I do it now. When mom makes enchiladas at home, I'll, I'll wrap an egg and put it on top of it. It's really good. That was really, that was beside the fact. Anyways, yes. So, Papa was a very good Bible teacher. But you also contributed. And all, of, all five of your daughters contributed yeah, to this did. ministry. They all work hard. Yes. Yeah. So... When you were pastor, the color, I don't, I don't have the color, sweetheart. That's why I gave you the wipey. Wipey. Yeah, use the wipey to do it. Do you need your nettle? I am. I think so. <laughs> Silas just filled his diaper again. All right. We're going to pause here, friends. I've got to go, Mom. I'll be right back. Okay, we're back. After a brief intermission, I had to changed diapers and it started thundering so the dog got put away and then onyx needed something and then we started talking about other things but we're back now so you guys pastored and you pastored with five daughters yes. what did the typical sunday look like for your family and i had i had granddaughter and, oh you did bad we were all organized. Very organized, yeah. Had it together. Yeah, she was the organizer. Because a lot of what I hear now is, but I have such a big family, I can't, or I have kids now, and so I can't do ministry. That's sad. Because <laughs> they are ministers. If you'll let them and train them, They're, they are ministers. The kids are ministries, what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, when they're smaller, it's obviously a challenge. Well, when they're the kids, little kids, you know, different. But it looks different, but it's still ministry. Up teenager, young teenager, and uh, we we used them when we needed them. Yeah. So who who taught Sunday school? Which girl taught Sunday school? Over well, was over with uh, Sharon and and Baby was a Sunday school teacher. And Lana. And Lana. So who played? Lana loved to teach the kids. Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah. And her girls traveled and did children's evangelism for a while. They, they My sister did. Wayla, huh? Yeah, later. But 
But this is when she was young before she ever was married. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the girls worked where they, where they fit, you know, and never did complain about what was yeah. always. Uh, so you had Sunday school teachers, you had singers. Did they all sing we, or they took turns singing? We, yeah, we had brace singers. We had... Uh, guitar player and piano player. And Who played the guitar? Uncle, uh, Uncle Duff. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, Papa played. Yeah. He played. I he, thought you meant one of your girls played the guitar. No. I didn't know that. He played the guitar. And yes, I remember him playing the guitar. Him and Uncle Jim would get him out and, and play. Then Lana played. Atlanta played the organ usually, right? Yeah. She had one. Yeah. And they played the piano. Right. Mom said she didn't actually know how to play the piano until Bishop Johnson was like, you're playing the piano next week. Really? And then she had to figure it out. Like she said, I knew some stuff, but I was never the piano player that my sisters were. Yeah. And they all played it so much. You play, don't you, Aunt Shay? I mean, you yeah. go to a church and play every Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. they're all musical. They all, they all play. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. Aunt Jenny plays. Every now and then she'll sing. Four with Pammy played. They all played. And Jenny. I know. Mom always says that she was never the piano player that the other four were. Yeah. Um, they always done a good job. Never complained about it. Never, ever. That I know of. Yeah. That they were stuck on the piano. You know, like. Right. Yeah. They heard girls Pam and, Pam and Jenny sang. And got the giggles a lot. <laughs> Did they get the giggles? Uh, she said, Mom and Aunt Jenny would sing and they always got the giggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they all could sing. Gary the good a tune. Do, do good. Good harmonies. And, uh, yeah, they harmonized. Um, I taught Sunday school. And uh, Sharon taught Sunday school. Peggy taught. They were and they were young, but they all pitched in there and yeah, and worked and built that church up. What do you think has made this family so close? Like, I mean, we're we're all scattered all over the country, all over the world at this point. I mean, we have Ireland and. Uh, the Netherlands or Holland and, you know, and of course we're all in different states, but there's still like a core connection. Yeah. Like there's a reason people come home for Christmas. Yeah. That, that didn't just start when you had grandkids though. No. No, that started with the, or the girls when they were just young, teenagers. Yeah. So what, it, what do you think it is that made the family as close-knit as it was. Because I don't, you don't see that a lot anymore. I think we're getting back to it because people are realizing that the family unit is, you know, the most important unit there is. Yeah. But I think some people have strayed away and sometimes still stray away from that really tight, close-knit family they unit. Do. So what do you think made you guys so close? I think it's because we as a family unit, uh, loved one another and worked together and it was for the benefit 
the benefit of the church. We weren't looking for, none of them was looking for a name. Yeah. But they was working in, in the house of God and never complained about it that I know of. So you think it was, obviously you guys loved they, each other, but you worked together. We worked for together the kingdom. and they Bless loved us. They loved us. Bless you, That was our life. And when you when you dedicate and commit your life to something, and that's what we did. And as as the girls grew older, they they committed themselves and wanted to do, and was eager to do. You want a cracker? They didn't grouch around because they had to do it. Right. They was they was a part of the family and a part of the family of God. Yeah. So you weren't just family and in the they, house, but you were right, in, you were right. the family of God right. in and out of the house. Right. I know there. I mean, in any house, there's going to be conflict, especially with five daughters. Right. Different personalities, different ways of doing things, different approaches. But they got to be older. Uh, they they never did fuss and fight over anything. Now I can, they probably had their fusses, but not anything serious ever. Nothing that kept them from loving each other. No. And Who was the disciplinarian? They just was got it? in there and, and give it their all. In the in the house. Was there was there one parent that was more a disciplinarian? Was it you? Was it Papa? Or were you both just like you both disciplined the kids and were on the same we page? Both did. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You do see sometimes of like a imbalance and like either the dad's the disciplinarian or the mom's always the one getting on the kids and when the dad finally speaks up. Yeah. Well, then the kids decide to behave. Well, dad. <clears throat> Dad let let him know as as they grew older what he expected out of them. So he communicated, "This is what I expect, and it's you need to live up to it." Or yeah, there, and I don't think you guys set ridiculous expectations. It on wasn't them. anything uh, dictating or anything like that. It was just he just in his own way let. Well, my example for these girls, ahead of these girls, didn't expect any more out of me than we did them, and vice versa. The standard you know, was the it, same. If it took that for me to be safe, it takes that for them. Wow. What you expect from your kids, you expect from yourself. Yeah. And vice versa. <laughs> That's something to be applied. I'm going to have to take that in and live it. I think I expect, sometimes I expect Onyx to keep it together more than he should have to. And I don't, I don't always keep it together. I'm an adult now, so I know how to manage it better. Yeah. But, wow. And there are parents who expect their kids to do X, Y, Z and be a part of this and that. And they... The parent themselves doesn't have the commitment to do it. No. The girls themselves. Oh, 
I think that that's, that some of the things that contributed to what we were, and we loved what we did and didn't complain because we loved it, Yeah, was the fact that there was always a commitment. When they, mom and dad came into the church, they came in whole hog, and it was a commitment. And so they lived that before us, and we, we just... There was no other option presented. No, and it was because there was no other option, and we loved it. You didn't know you, didn't know you could half-heartedly live for that. No, we didn't know we had enough. Half-heart was not an option. The commitment, and then aside from that, there was this loyalty that we had as a family. Loyalty to each other to as a family? Each other. Yeah. And therefore loyalty to the church. Because, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. For what, for instance, we were loyal with each other because mom would never allow us calling each other names. And hitting and fighting physically, no. Mm, yeah. And so growing up, that's just, I wanted to kill them sometimes because I was the <laughs> oldest. Your yes. mom smeared my only noxema all over the piano bench one time. And you know, that stuff, we were poor kind of, and we didn't know that yeah. either. But we, it didn't was know you hard, that stuff was hard to come by. And she smeared it, so I wanted to kill her. But, but they're just, we had this fierce loyalty among us. And we didn't really even realize that either. You didn't know it wasn't the norm. No, we thought everybody was like that. Honestly, I, I thought families who didn't do what we did, who didn't have tradition, who didn't have this connection, even though we're statesmen, I always felt like it was so weird and really sad. It's very sad. We've always but on this side of it, I'm like, we're the weird ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because there are not a lot of families who do what we do. Who, I mean, it's still sad that they don't, but yeah. we're the yes. weirdos. Yeah. But the, you demonstrated what yes, was expected. And you, you showed to, them what was expected. When you love it, you'll live it. Oof. Yeah. And that, that's the whole thing in a nutshell. If you love it, you'll live it. We didn't see, oh. we didn't see hypocrisy. Yeah, we that's so true. Mom and so didn't hypocritical, and they were committed and faithful. So, we, you know, come church night, nobody, there was no question that we went to church, period. Yeah. We were always the last ones there, too, to shut the door. First ones in, last ones out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was... <laughs> There's been a lot of times with with my boys where one of them was sick. And so if I could stay home with them, I would. But if I didn't have that option, they came to church and they stayed in grandbuddy's office. I handled the worship. I went back to them in the office. I came out and handled altar call. Yeah. Listened to the preaching from the office. Yeah. And I don't think... I don't think a lot of people see that. Like, they'll see me and David going and traveling, and it can look like some kind of... And it is, it is a dream. Right. It can seem glamorous. But the problem with being needed is you're needed. Right. Whether your kids are sick or not. Right. And they don't... A lot of people don't see the flip side of 
she's not just a mom with cute kids, but she's a mom. Yeah. And before, before I'm a worship leader, I'm a mom. Before yeah, I'm a right. piano player, I'm a mom. Before I'm any of those things. That I'm a mom comes first. Yeah. But in being a mom and in trying to raise disciples of Christ, I have to put God first. Right. Right. That doesn't mean drag your kids to church when they have a fever and get the whole church sick. Right. But you demonstrate. You didn't just tell your girls what you expected. You showed them. Oh, I don't recall. I don't recall telling us any of that. No, it just, just it was acquired. You knew. You just knew. They did what I did. As a woman. They were young females. Yeah, they did what you... That's the whole thing. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter what you tell your kid. They're going to do what you do. You can, you can tell them all day long. But when you show them something different, they're going to do what you show them. And I, do, I and think... If you, if you do something different and what you tell them... Yeah. They know that too. Well, you don't do it. Yeah, and it ends up losing respect for the parent yeah. when that happens. The kids lose respect for the parent in the end. Right. I've seen that time and time and time again. Or parents who want their kids to do certain things that they couldn't, quote unquote, do as a kid, or they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, have the talent for, or. And so parents push their kids to do it, whether their kid wants to do it or not. Yeah. And so they live through them vicariously. You weren't doing that. You were living your life. Yeah. You were living in the wheel. Yeah. Because you loved it. When yeah. you love it, you live it. My goodness. Dad loved it. When we came into this, we loved it. And when you... When you love something and somebody, you're going to impart that. Yeah, yeah. You're going to impart that love to someone else. Mm. You can help to do it if, if you love them. Do you think it's easier or harder to raise a family in church now? Well, I don't. I look at church today and I don't know. I really don't. Uh, it's hard to make a statement. It's hard to compare the two because not all churches, but a lot of churches don't look like what church looked like. Well, I suppose. 40, 50 years ago. I don't. They're against you. I don't know. I don't see them. Yeah. So, to me, everybody lives like a culture. <laughs> you don't I know, know they don't. I know they don't. Uh, our church is, our church is pretty faithful. Our people are yeah faithful in the Bible. You guys do have faithful people here in every Boston. way uh, to the Word of God because yeah. they love it. Yeah, and they love the Atkins. They love Jim and Lana, and they watch their lives and watch them raise their their own kids. And uh, and they they because of that they love Jim and Lana and they they want to um, live their life like that. 
Yeah, they've used them as the example, as the blueprint. Yeah, they do. Do you think that is part of being the pastor of a church to be the blueprint? Yeah, for families in the church. They're supposed to be. They're leaders. Yeah, I know that's not always the case, and there's a lot of pressure on pastors' kids. I know they're not. A lot of pressure on pastors' kids to, well, you have to be an example to these other kids. Well, I'm still just a kid. Yeah. You may be the pastor, but I'm still just a kid. Right. But handling your kids and letting them be kids, I think, in my opinion, if the person's spirit is well, right, will earn you respect. That has to be done. Yeah. It'll earn and you Jim respect. And Jim and Lana have done that with their girls. Yes, their girls love them. Oh, my goodness, their girls love them. They love this church, and this church loved those girls. Yes. They still do. Yes, for sure. So... You, if you let love prevail, a lot of things take care of themselves. Yep. I've I've been coming back to that a lot lately. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do about this and that going on over here? What are we going to do about these people letting down on stuff? And what are we going to do about this person who keeps struggling with that? Them. You just got to love them. Just love them. Nothing pulls on people and when they, like love. When that, when that love, they feel that, they ain't going to leave it. Because they ain't going to find it nowhere else. Nope. I think, it, I think when we, as the bride of Christ, as the mother that the church is supposed to right. be, when we love people in that way, they don't feel the need to go look for it elsewhere. Right. That's not to say it's the church's fault when people leave. Because we're led away by the lust of our own flesh. But they, because of the Holy Ghost, God in you, it will cause you to to love them. Yeah. And ordinarily, you wouldn't love, you couldn't love them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the God in you loves them. That's and how you that's how you really know, right? Yeah. That you've got God in you and he's working through you. When you can love past complete and utter stupidity. And not picking them apart. Right. Not finding fault in everything you see cuz it'll it'll be there. But when it comes to the love of God, he he knows just how to handle it through you lady. sometimes you know backsliders I've, I've talked to backsliders who have come back to church who have come back to full truth yeah and they're sick they're sick people they are they're hurting they're, in their spirit they're sick yeah and they need healing not yes. scolding oh yeah they know they know their own right they know, and so I've talked to them. Uh, someone they come back and they say, "I was so scared to come back to church because I didn't know how people would treat me." Yeah, and I didn't want to. I didn't think God would really even love me anymore until the church started loving me. There you go. There's your answer. That's why. Yes, there are standards in churches, and there's holiness. We have to have holiness, otherwise, you got we don't see God. Yeah, and it has without to which, be in no your heart, and you won't do it. Right. And if when it's, it's in on your the heart, inside, you'll do the right thing. Yeah, 
when it's on the inside, it shows yeah. on the outside every time. But there's a lot of there's a, a lot of things that you know people add to it and certain cultures and and that's oh, yeah. okay. I still believe in holiness and dress yeah. and behavior, but I truly believe holiness starts in the heart. Oh yeah, and so. When you sell well, the five, start to know. <laughs> and in the heart, yeah, yeah. And so when you, when you fulfill the law, as Jesus says to, well, what are you, what's the greatest commandment? You just love me and love people. Yeah. The rest will take care of itself. When love is at the center of it all. And there's some poor, pitiful people come in. that's never felt any love. So true. Pitiful. And when when they do feel it, they don't know what to do with it, you know? They don't truly, some of them don't truly believe that God can't. It's like they expect yeah. God to just be waiting to come down on yeah. them and be so harsh on them. And there is, there is judgment yeah. coming. Yeah. It, it, there is it judgment is. that has happened before. But right now. Right now there's forgiveness. Mercy. He's holding yes. out to come. Yeah, the invitation. Yep. Well, that was fun. Uh, I'm glad you stuck around for the whole thing. And thank you for talking to me today. Y'all go like and follow and review and do all the podcast things that people do. And um, don't forget to be a good human. <laughs>